All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 4, and God willing, we will be uh, expounding verses 22 and 23. And I just want to tell you, I'm so glad to be up here behind this pulpit tonight preaching to y'all. I had one of those nightmares that I told you preachers have last night. I dreamt that I had a huge crowd to talk to. And I walked up, and the pulpit was taller than me, and I, I couldn't put my Bible and see over it, and I was trying to climb up the pulpit. And uh, then it started falling over. And, uh, and then I looked down, and I saw I had a pair of flip-flops with no socks on. And I was embarrassed, and, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just glad to be here with you all tonight with this nice, trusty pulpit. The title of the message tonight is, Where the Milk and Honey Flow. Now, last Wednesday, we learned that those on the path of the wicked, they walk in darkness. And so they don't see the things they stumble over in life. We learned that God's Word in our ears becomes God's, what? Light in our eyes. Solomon said, verse 20, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. That's where we need to put some emphasis on tonight. Is keeping his sayings in the midst of our heart. You might want to underscore the word heart there in verse 20. Once again, when we believe the word uh, that we hear, it gives us light that we may see things the way they really are in life. And not how the world portrays them to be. So by believing and applying God's words, such as the Proverbs that Solomon is giving us here in this wonderful book, we walk by faith and not by sight. And now speaking of these Proverbs tonight, Solomon says, hang on to these Proverbs, hide them in your heart. Look look in verse uh, 22 now, for they are life unto those that find them. Underscore the word find. See, the wisdom of God must be found. It has to be discovered. Truth is something that must be discovered. And Solomon is letting us know that it must be discovered. It must be extracted from the Word of God. That's the only source it can come from. They, that is the words of God, Solomon says, uh, that are in these Proverbs, are life unto those that find them. And this is so contrary to the Eastern religions that many, millions of people believe in, in this world that tell us that truth is discovered from within us. From meditation, etc., and pondering or whatever, and we, 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 we have the truth revealed from within. It's contrary to Western humanism. That tells us that truth is different for each person. What's true for Abigail may not be true for Anne. And the truth is, that's a big lie. What's true is true for everybody. It's just true. It's either true or it's not true. But that's what they say. They say, we all must decide what's true for us. I remember taking a philosophy class in college. Has anyone taken a philosophy class? You did? Was it a blessing to you? Huh? 
I did too. Of course, then again, they were philosophers. But uh, the, the professor told us the first day that the, the purpose of the philosophy was to discover the truth. And if I remember correctly, I made an A in that class. And uh, the problem is, I still don't know what the truth is according to philosophy. <laughs> we never did discover that truth. We just discovered people's opinions and views and philosophies. I made an A about nothing. Philosophers want to debate the truth. Secularists want to choose the truth. Buddhists think we are the truth. We have the truth. But if truth and light come from God's Word, then it is the same for the philosopher, for the secularist, and for the Buddhist. And we learned last week that God's words give light to our eyes. So we're moving on tonight. We're, we're, we have to continue to hang on to what we learned last week so it will bring us uh, into what we're learning this week. It's going to go smoothly from one to the other. Last week we learned that Solomon's words or God's words give light. And now tonight we learn they give what? Life. Their life to those that find them. So God's word in our ears becomes God's light in our eyes. But now he says when you find those truths, they are life to you. Spiritually speaking, light and life are essentially the same in the Bible. Did you know that? Light and life are essentially the same thing. Mark this down in your Bible. John chapter 1 verse 4. John chapter 1, verse 4, speaking of Jesus. Listen carefully. In Him was life. And the life was the what? The light of men. That's the big doctrine here in John 1, 4. The life was the light. It's one and the same. So when the Bible says the way of the wicked is as darkness, it's also saying it's death as well. And the reason it's so dark is because it's absent of God's Word. Remember, God's Word in our ears is God's light in our eyes. But a path with no light is a path with no life. Solomon said, take hold of these words, for they are life to those that find them. Now, here's how it works. God's word to our ears becomes God's light to our eyes. And God's light to our eyes becomes God's life to our souls. In Him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. When we hear God's word concerning Jesus, that word in our ears, it gives us the light of the knowledge of salvation. When I heard what Jesus did for me, how he lived the perfect life, he, he, he overcame temptation on my behalf, he went to the cross, he bore my sin in my place, he died and, and took my penalty, the word in my ears became light in my eyes and I was able to see and gain the knowledge of salvation. Ah, look what Jesus did. And when we walk in that light, in other words, when we choose 
to accept Jesus as our Savior based on the words we heard, the light of Jesus becomes the life of men. Isn't that good? The light of Jesus becomes the life of men. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. How did the light shine? Through the words to our ears that became light to our eyes, that became life to our souls when we believed the gospel. When we walk in that light, we have that life. So how do I know that I have the life of Christ? Easy. The life was the light of men. If you have the light, you have the life. If you have the life, it's because you have the light. You can't get the life without the light. You can't accept the light without having the life. Because the life is the light of men. It's impossible to receive the light and not have the life. God's words are life to us. Every time you learn something new from the Word of God, darkness is being replaced with light. And death is being replaced with life. Every time. Say, Brother Richard, how, how, can, how can these Proverbs be life to us if we're already saved? How, how can every time you learn something, you're replacing darkness with light and death with life if we're already saved? Most of these Proverbs aren't talking about the gospel, so how can they be life to us? Well, they are. You see, you can't walk where you can't see. Isn't that right? You can't walk where you can't see. Therefore, you cannot live what you do not know. <laughs> Makes sense? You can't walk where you cannot see, so you cannot live what you do not know. When we trust in Christ, we gain everlasting life. But just because we have the certainty of life tomorrow does not mean we're experiencing the fullness of life today. Would you agree with that? Just because I have the certainty of everlasting life tomorrow does not mean I'm experiencing the fullness of life today. The more light we can see, the more life we can live. How many times have we as Christians learned a valuable truth? How many times have you as a Christian learned a valuable truth in God's Word after you were saved. You stumbled on a valuable truth in God's Word and it changed your life for the better. There you go. The light you received replaced the darkness that you once had. And the life that you gained replaced the deadness that once resided in the darkness that once resided in you. You were able to now live the Christian life as you never could before. So you experienced more life today. One day we'll have the fullness of the knowledge of God. We'll have the fullness of light. Therefore we will experience the fullness of life as God intended for us to live. Right now we do not. 
experience the fullness of life. We have the promise of everlasting life. We have everlasting life, yet we cannot live that life that we have practically until we receive that light doctrinally, if it makes sense to you. But for me, it's happened many times. And when we learn that truth, that new truth, new light comes into our eyes. And when that new light comes into our eyes, we begin to walk in new victorious steps in that new light we see. I remember when I learned that I died with Jesus. I knew when I was saved, Jesus died for me. That was victory, my victory over uh, the penalty of sin, my victory uh, in Jesus. I was saved forever, praise God, when I understood how Jesus died for me on the cross and I accepted Him as my Savior. But I remembered that wonderful truth that I also died with Jesus. I remember when I discovered that. I remember right where I was. And as a new believer, this was powerful for me. When I learned that Jesus uh, died for me and I died with Jesus, that was new truth, that was new light, that empowered me to live in a new way like I never could before. So when we receive new light, we gain new life to walk in new victory over the deadness of our sinful flesh. Everyone see that? So the more word, the more light, the more light, the more life. The Proverbs are life, Solomon said, to those who find them. Look back in your text. In health to all their flesh. Health to all their flesh. When we think of health, what do we think of? Health. If you're sick, you will be restored back to health. And this is the same thing here. This is a spiritual saying, okay? It's a, a, a figure of speech. So health to our flesh, it speaks of the restorative benefits of God's Word. The restorative benefits of God's Word. You see, sin's often referred to in the Bible as what? As a disease, isn't it? Sin is referred to as a disease in the Bible. It was typified in the Bible as leprosy. Uh, in the New Testament, it was typified as, as lameness and not being able to walk. Remember? Uh, and, and so sin's referred to in the Bible as a disease because it has a degenerative, degenerative effect on man. Listen to how the Apostle Peter likens sin to disease in 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He says, Jesus, quote, Bear our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, He's not talking about germs. He's talking about sins. And, and, and he says, by Jesus' stripes, that is, by the, 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 the penalty, like the, the, the idea of a, a whip being laid to someone's back, the corrective stripes, that like a whip, a chastising whip would leave. He said, by those stripes, by him bearing God's chastisement in our place, we were healed. See, how can sin... 
be likened to a disease because it degenerates the body like sin does. Sin is what brings death. Sin is, sin is what brings old age. Sin is what brings the disease, the physical disease to begin with that we need to be healed from. And Peter said the stripes, that is the wounds of Jesus that he received on the cross, they heal us from our disease of sin. A lot of people in the charismatic churches, they get this verse all mixed up. They say, by Jesus' stripes, the Bible says we were healed. So let's claim the stripes of Jesus for healing over our bodies right now. And they claim those stripes for healing, and then people die anyway. And it, it, it aggravates me to no end. Peter was not talking about physical healing. He was talking about spiritual healing. How do we know? Because stripes, well, first of all, because he was talking about sins... <laughs> He never mentioned anything but sins. But stripes don't produce physical healing. They produce physical trauma. They are physical injuries. So when Solomon is speaking about health to our flesh, he is more largely referring to the benefits of God's word to our spiritual health. Like a disease, sin makes us spiritually ill. And if left untreated, sin always results in death. The words of God, especially these Proverbs that Solomon's speaking of tonight, will be health to the flesh of those that find them. They have a restorative effect. There's no doubt that sin causes physical illness, and there's no doubt that obedience to God's word uh, will prevent unnecessary disease. Uh, especially sexually transmitted diseases, physical harm. There's no doubt that that's included in this passage. AIDS, monkeypox, and so many other STDs would be resolved forever if people would simply follow God's word concerning human sexuality. But again, the Proverbs are giving us spiritual wisdom, not physical medicine. So the message here tonight is that God's Word can heal and restore the sinner back to spiritual health. It can heal unhealthy relationships. It's healed a bunch of them. It can restore lost fellowship with God. It can cure depression, guilt, fear, and sorrows of all kinds. God's Word can. God's Word can put a healing salve of, uh, upon spiritual injuries, the, the injuries of hypocritical love, the injuries of hurt in the church, the, the, and the trauma brought on by the loss of life in our families. These words, if you'll find them, if you'll apply them, and if you'll let them, they will bring light to your mind, which will bring healing to your broken heart. Do you see how deeply the Word of God penetrates all the way down to the innermost part of who you are? That's where God's Word can reach and heal. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is quick or alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It gets right down in the middle of it where you are. And for that reason, 
For that reason, Solomon said, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence. We underscored heart when he first started reading tonight. And he's going back to that heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. The heart here is speaking of the mind. It's the same. It's the same. The heart and mind are the same thing. Don't get confused about that. So the heart or the mind is where we we retain God's Word. That's where truth is retained in the human repository, right? You have to keep truth somewhere. Where do you keep it? You don't keep it in your back pocket. I mean, you can. You can put a Bible in your back pocket, but it's not going to do any good in your back pocket. It's got to be in here, right? It's got to be comprehended and believed. So it can reach down into that hurt spot in your life. The heart is where we believe and apply the spiritual truths we learn. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for my victory over sin. And that belief in my heart brings life and healing to my soul. I believe in the stripes Jesus bore for my sins. Thus, by His stripes, I'm healed. Do you see how that works? Simple. So life issues... Out of it are the issues of life. It doesn't mean issues like topics. Life issues or flows from my heart. God's life-giving truth is believed. That makes the heart the seed of spiritual power then, doesn't it? If life flows from your heart, where the truth is believed or flows from your mind, however you want to say it, where the truth is believed, that makes our heart or our mind the seat of spiritual power. Because our power as believers, it comes from our faith in God's Word. And you know what that does? That makes our heart or our mind subject to the devil's attack. If this is where the life flows, if this is God's light to my eyes, right? (laughs) Or God's Word to my ears... It starts here. It becomes light to my eyes. What are eyes? Eyes are simply another way of saying your heart or your mind. They become light. In other words, I get illuminated to truth. That truth is in my mind. My mind's eye. You see? And so, if this is where that life-flowing truth is residing in me, then that becomes uh, the area that the devil's going to attack. That's why Solomon's saying, keep, that means guard, your heart with all diligence, because that's where the life of God's light goes from. You walk in the light of the truth you retain in your mind. Out of it are the issues, the flowings of life. The Bible says the Word of God is alive and powerful as we just believe. So when we believe God's Word in our hearts, it's life and power flows in our lives. On the other hand, if we allow sin and carnal thoughts, ungodly thoughts to creep into our minds, you know what it's going to do? It's going to cripple the faith in our heart. And it's going to restrict the flow of God's power in our lives. God's Word is the milk and honey. The heart is where the milk and honey flow.
Make sense? Make no mistake, there is a battle over the Christian mind. Guard it. I can't help but think of that song that we sung when I was a little boy. Oh, be careful, little lies, what you see. Oh, be careful, little lies, what you see. Y'all know it? For the Father up above, He is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little lies, what you see. And be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Make no mistake, there is a battle over the Christian mind. Don't let anything creep into your mind that will rob the flow of your milk and honey. What good will it be if you learn the truths of God's Word and you don't guard the repository where they are kept? They'll be soon forgotten, quickly not applied. And the life flow will no longer be victorious in your life. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word tonight. We thank you for Solomon's instructions. And we thank you for Solomon's warnings. And God, there is definitely a battle over our minds today. We're inundated with what we see around us, what we hear constantly day in and day out, whether in conversations or media or, or just uh, what we witness. We're facing a world each and every day that wants to conform us to its image, battling against the God who wants to transform us by His Word. I pray, Father, that we will learn as believers to not only feed on your word, to not only let the light in, to let the truth in, but to guard the truth we receive greater than Fort Knox and the gold that's at least was once in it. And Father, I pray that in Jesus' precious name, help us, Lord, I pray. Amen.